Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the middle of summer. <laughs> uh, oh, you guys are sleepy this morning. Uh, I'm Stephanie. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Christ Center. Uh, and I want to say good morning also to our online family and community and all of you that are watching from your vacation destinations. Uh, make sure to say hello and where you're joining us from in the chat. All right, you guys. So this morning we are, like Tim said, we're finishing up a series called Rooted. And as I was thinking about roots... I mean, my brain was just going everywhere. My brain was going to all different kinds of things that have to do with roots. And so one of my kiddos fell victim. He didn't know he was going to do this, but he walked through. And I was like, hey, what do you think of when you think of roots? And he thought for a minute, and he said, well, I think of trees. I said, no. What do you think of when you think of roots? Trees. <laughs> so at that point... I started to think about what he was saying, and it dawned on me, I had this kind of epiphany that isn't that true of our human nature? Isn't it true that oftentimes what we think about is what is right in front of us, what we can see? That is where our thoughts tend to get stimulated from. That's where our thoughts tend to come from, is those things that we can see in front of us. And often, we don't think about what we cannot see. So my kiddo um, was thinking about what he could see, which was the tree. But he wasn't thinking, hadn't given a lot of previous thought to roots. It's kind of that idea of out of sight, out of mind. However, whoever said that has never had a spider disappear in their bedroom before. Uh, many of us, on our way to Christ Center, we've driven by the learning garden out there. So we have a garden out here in the corner. Some of you have probably driven by it and never noticed it. Some of you have driven by and noticed, and you've seen things. It's now been in development for two, two and a half years. And uh, you might drive by and see um, trees. You might drive by and see flowers. You might drive by and see grass. You might drive by and see this weird hoop thing, and you may have wondered at some point, what is there a hoop doing out in the middle of the grass? But we have these thoughts that are brought to us or come to us because of what we, uh, what we can see. Um, when we go out to the garden, uh, sometimes we see... Uh, or, okay, back it up. Many of us have walked through a garden, some of us have walked through the learning garden, but all of us have walked through some kind of garden. And when we walk through the garden, like I said, we think about those things that we see. But I'm guessing most of us have not thought, gone, oh, look at the dirt. Like, that's such great dirt. And we don't think about that because we're not thinking about good dirt, bad dirt. With a plant, we think about what it's supposed to do. We think about, oh, it's supposed to grow a flower, or it's supposed to grow a pumpkin. And so our, our thoughts are toward what is supposed to be happening, what is supposed to be um, living out the way that it should. But we don't often think about things like dirt. Um, so do we have pictures? Do we? I don't know if we have a picture of the learning garden when it was in its rare form. If not, that's okay. Um, 
Oh, okay, so there's, there's the learning garden when you're thinking about it in all of its beauty. Now can we see the picture of it with the before all of its beauty? <laughs> okay. So this is how the garden started. If you can't see it, uh, that corner out there was just all knapweed. Knapweed everywhere. And as this little garden team began to develop, we began to dream about what it could be. I literally went around to other people's gardens and took pictures. And we would gather together and we would dream about the flowers. We would dream about the trees that we would plant. We would dream about the pumpkins. But what I realize now, two and a half years in, is that I got the cart before the horse. Uh, it is really important, yep, see, this is a problem. <laughs> and we began to have a problem because we were thinking about the outcomes before we were thinking about what it takes to get to that place. And I began to have this understanding that you need a root to have the fruit, but before you have the root, you need the dirt, and you need good, healthy dirt. So the garden has been a great learning curve for a lot of us on what it takes to grow a healthy root and why that is so important. Um, I went to college to be a science middle school teacher. That's what I went to college for. That's what I graduated in. And so for just a second, I'm going to ask you to bear with me because as I was studying roots, um, I, I started digging around and I was just, I, this was fun to me, so I thought I would share it with you. So when a seed gets planted into the dirt, you put it in there, you cover it up, it, a little shoot breaks out. And at the end of that shoot is something that we cannot see. There's this little tiny chemical on the end of that shoot and it's actually called a free radical, and it actually has a name. And the name is RHD2. Not R2D2, <laughs> but RHD2. And little RHD2 is a free radical. That means that he's imbalanced, and it means that he's frenzied. So on the end of this route, we've got this little RHD2, and what he does, I'm gonna call him a he, he reaches down into the dirt and he absorbs, he uptakes into the root what he needs to stabilize, what he needs to get out of that state of frenzy. So he reaches in, he grabs, he absorbs, and then once the root begins to stabilize again, another RHD2 is created and it does the same thing. It reaches down, it grabs the nutrient up, and this becomes a cycle. And as this cycle happens, more and more energy is being absorbed into that root. And then eventually, that root has enough to pop up the little um, plant start that we will see when it comes through the dirt. The learning garden out there, and this is why I say I got the cart before the horse, the learning garden has clay soil. Clay soil has some problems. <laughs> some of the garden team is going, yes, yes, we've all now had this experience. So one of the things is clay soil doesn't drain very well, and so you get that water and it just sits, or it soaks down just enough to cause rot root. So root rot. 
So we have that problem. And then on top of that, uh, clay soil can be very lacking in nutrients. So that clay gets really compounded in there, and again, the nutrients can't trickle down to the root where they need to be. And just the other day, I was out walking around the garden, and we have a, we have a favorite plant out there. And it is the plant that is making its way up over the hoop because it is, it is making our vision and our dream come to life. Because that hoop, there's a whole dream behind it. Okay, so this one little plant has just been doing what it's supposed to, what it was intended to do, and it's been climbing over, and we've all been cheering for it. And I went out there, and it looks like it's dying. So I immediately got on the phone to our garden group, and I sent out an SOS, and I said, help. You know, our little plant is dying. It needs eyes on it. I am not the master gardener. I am learning how to garden. But we have a master gardener on our team. And so she went out, and then she sent out a text and said, well, that squash and cucumbers, which are what we have planted along the hoops there, they're, um, they're heavy feeders, is what she said. In other words, they need a lot of nutrition. They need a lot of nutrients. And so this plant was dying because the root couldn't uptake. There was no more nutrition available for it to um, do what it needed to do to feed the plant to grow the fruit. And I don't know about you guys, but I can get like this. My spiritual root can get frenzied. My spiritual root can get imbalanced. Just a couple weeks ago, you guys heard the announcement about Steve. And those of you that know Steve and I know that, you know, we kind of have one speed and it's 100 miles an hour and that's kind of all we know. And so we just thought with his surgery that that's how it would go. He would have his surgery, a day or two later recover and, and we would move on. And that's not really how it went. And so we were having this week where things weren't going as we had expected them to go, and it was about the middle of the week, and I was just emotionally exhausted. I was physically exhausted, and I was sitting on our bed. It was nighttime. He, he was sound asleep. And I'm sitting there, and I just can't find peace. I can't find rest for my soul. Enter mistake number one. I grab my phone. Enter mistake number two. I start scrolling through Instagram. And as I'm scrolling, this picture, remember how we've been talking about things that you can see and things that you can't see? Well, there was this beautiful picture of this fountain. And this is a solar-powered fountain. I, I have better for you. I bought the fountain. You can tell what state I was in. Okay, I bought the fountain. <laughs> now, as if this wasn't bad enough, on the other end of Instagram, they were like, sucker, we got one. So now they're, sh they're showing me more pictures. Next pops up a drain cover, like a bathtub drain cover. Well, you guys don't know this, but I needed that drain cover. Because our house was built in the 70s, the bathrooms have not been remodeled. I mean, the bathrooms are terrible. I'm embarrassed to have you all over because the bathrooms are so bad. 
But in the bathtub, there, the drain is like this big. And we may have moments in our home, I don't know how to say this tactfully, we may have moments in our home where there's some conflict and there's some tension around hair in the drain. I am a peace-loving, peace-chasing human being. I avoid conflict. I would rather, I'm not even lying, I would rather run 26.2 miles than have conflict. I hate it. And so for a while now, I've been looking for a drain cover, so there it was. So I bought it. Yep, yep, there's our drain cover. I got multiple. I didn't know I was getting multiple. But here they are. Not really, jury's still out on if this is going to work, but we, we now have drain covers. Okay. So, I, I made the order. Eventually, I got myself to sleep. A couple days later, I'm visiting with a friend, and we're talking about how we want to simplify our lives. And she goes, yeah. She goes, you know, the other day I was at Target. I just couldn't help myself. She's like, I came home with this stuff. She's like, stuff I didn't even need. And as she's saying that, I'd had a busy week, so I hadn't been thinking about this, but as she's saying this, I was like, oh, yeah, me too. I also went impulse shopping this week. So I shared with her what I had purchased. And this was a serious conversation. I mean, we were, we were having a moment, and it, it wasn't a funny moment. Like, we were seriously discussing that we need to simplify, and she just bursts out laughing. I'm like, well, that's not very nice. I'm like, what are, why are you laughing? And she goes, well, you know what you were doing, don't you? I said, no, what was I doing? And she said, you were trying to buy peace and tranquility. You saw it, you wanted it, you bought it. And she was so right. I wanted something quick and easy. I wanted a quick fix. I wanted to hit, put it in the cart, buy it, right? But we know, we know that that's really not the way it works. St. Augustine says it like this. He says, you have made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I was literally grabbing for deficient soil because I wanted it easy and I could see it. And there's something about when we can see something. We can see a person. We can see the white picket fence we can see the retirement. We can see it. And somehow we want that because it feels easier and it's quicker than having a relationship with a God and a Savior that we cannot see like we can see each other. What I'm going to get into next, I just want to give a little bit of a... I just want to say something about this. I'm going to share some scripture next. But before I do, I don't normally kind of cherry pick scriptures. I don't really love to do that because I feel like you lose a lot of the context, right? Each book of the Bible is rich and it has a beginning and an end and, and there's the person who wrote it and who they were writing it to. And there's so much good in scripture that sometimes if we just pick a verse, context can get lost. But I felt that it was appropriate this morning for what I want to share. So we're talking about that, that God, we cannot see him, but he is our source. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible 
Impossible. That is a strong word. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. And I think sometimes when we don't even recognize it, there's some doubt. There's some weariness. We must believe that he exists, right? And that takes belief because we can't see him like we see each other. We must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says it like this. Yet for us, for us, there is but one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. Psalm 16, 2 says, I say to the Lord, you are the Lord, my only source of well-being. My only source of well-being. Psalm twenty-two, nineteen. but you, O Lord, do not remain far away. You are my source of strength. Hurry up and help me. Psalm 43, 4, then I will approach the altar of God even to God in whom my joy finds its source. I will praise you with the lyre, God, my God. And the lyre was a musical instrument. I will praise you with a musical instrument. Romans 15, 5. Now, my God, the source of endurance and encouragement, allow, um, now, my God, I allow you to, or the, the source of encouragement, Endurance and encouragement allow you to live in harmony with each other as you follow the Messiah Jesus. So he is the source of endurance and encouragement as we follow Jesus. And we have been talking so much at Christ Center about learning to follow Jesus. And again, we find that he is our source of encouragement as we follow him and as we learn to help each other in following Jesus. I had to stop myself here. Because the Bible is full, full, full of these truths that talk about God being the ultimate source. And I had this, I am the director of adult discipleship here, so I got to put a plug in. I had this moment where I was like, this would be the best small group ever. Like, we're looking for small group leaders, people that will lead small groups, and we're actually going to have signups at the end of this month. And... If you're like, yeah, I could lead a small group, but I don't have a curriculum, here it is. You could do six weeks of just looking up all of the scripture that talks about God as the source. And Tim talked a couple weeks ago about meditating on scripture and taking scripture in. And this is one of the best ways. Can you imagine if for six weeks you were putting into your root, you were feeding your root with the truth You are memorizing the truth that God is the source. How helpful would that be to us when we're tempted to grab deficient soil? So that's just a little plug. July 31st, I'm starting to sign up small group leaders, so come see me. I would love to have you on the team. I know that summer, you know, it's like we have fall, winter, spring, and it's kind of, for the most part, kind of the same thing. And then we hit summer, and it, it, you know, all bets are off. Everything's crazy. 
schedules are crazy, um, the longer days, we're going on family vacations, we're meeting with our families. Right now, gas prices are through the roof, food prices are through the roof. There's so much going on right now, and so I would venture to say that probably here, probably online, some of us are feeling a little unstable. Some of us are feeling a little frenzied. We might want to grab for fear. We might want to grab for control, right? These things that we think will feed our root, that will help us, but they don't, right? Most of us know that that control, we th it's an illusion. It's not real. It doesn't really feed us. It doesn't really empower us to live out our purpose, our God-made purpose. Neither does fear. And so... Um, I want to this morning, and, and this is really the key of the whole morning, and this is, I mean, it's a little bit, yeah, we're good on time. I want to bring you this morning some words of encouragement. We're in the middle of July. We could be feeling a little off in this moment. I want to bring you encouragement from the word. So I, I'm, I'm going to do that. So James 4, 8. Now James is a book in the Bible, and James was actually the brother of Jesus. There's lots of James in the Bible, but this one, this guy was the brother of Jesus. And he says in his, his book, he says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. He goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners. I don't know about you guys, but anytime I read those verses, I'm like, oh, that feels harsh. But the reality is all of us, every single one of us in this room, we fall, me included, we fall short. We sin. We fail. We grab for the wrong thing. And he says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So my first encouragement is that we need to draw near to God and do a loyalty check. And really, if we're going to be healthy Jesus followers in this world with all the crazy, we should be doing loyalty checks on ourselves, not on the people around us, not on our children, not on our parents, not on our neighbors, but we, just me, Stephanie alone, should be doing a loyalty check. Am I divided? Or is my loyalty, am I sold out to my creator, God? And then repent. Man, God, you know what? I realize in that moment, I shouldn't have scrolled Instagram. Like, I, sh I should have opened my Bible. I should have meditated on your word. I should have listened to some worship music, right? So that forgiveness, asking for forgiveness. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. I love that that's included. I don't know why, but that little nugget, shut the door. <laughs> Get alone and pray to your father secretly. Then your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. He will meet you. Draw near. He will draw near to you. Get alone with him. He will meet you there. God time. When I was a youth pastor, I said it all the time. You guys, have God time. Have God time. Have, we make time for coffee dates. We make time for our jobs. We make time to wash the dishes and mow the yard. And at the end of the day, the God time piece is the most important piece. So get alone um, with him. John 3.27, a man can receive nothing. So we're thinking about a root in the dirt. We've got our spiritual root in God. 
A man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing at all unless it has been granted to him from heaven. For there is no other source, there's that word again, there's no other source than the sovereign will of God. So I want to encourage us that when we get alone with him, that we pray in a posture, not my will. And sometimes we have to say that multiple times. Not my will. I trust you, God. You're good. You're faithful. You're kind. I have surrendered my life to your goodness, your kindness, your generosity. God, this is hard for me but not my will. Your will, God, be done. So important that we pray in that posture. Lamentations 3, 25 and 26. The Lord is good. He is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Our little roots digging down, trying to draw into his nutrition It is good to wait quietly. Probably all of you would like to say amen to me on that one. Received, I know, I talk too much. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Right? I walk around going, God's going to save me. I know he's going to save me. Okay, here's what God did. And I need to learn to just wait quietly and trust, trust him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Gosh, we do this, don't we? We turn to our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This verse contains two things, trust and acknowledgement. Sometimes we have to verbalize it. God, I trust you. I'm freaking out inside, but I trust you. And what I do when I'm acknowledging God is I remind myself of his past faithfulness. Those past, those past times that he has met me. He's met me with provision. He's met me with peace. He's met me with purpose. He's given me the power to overcome major, uh, there was a season, I've shared this with you all, but a season where I was having major anxiety attacks. And through scripture and prayer and worship, over time, the Holy Spirit empowered me to overcome and to get through that rough season. But we have to acknowledge him and trust him. Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times. And you guys, this is where, uh, like that moment where I, um, I was sitting in bed and Steve was sleeping next to me and he wasn't recovering the way that we thought he was supposed to or he was going to. And it was scary. And I was scared. Trust him at all times. Just because it's a new challenge, just because it has a different look than the past challenges, doesn't mean that he is not the exact same God. And he is faithful and he is good. He is good, he is good, he is good. He is loving, he is kind, he is generous, and he has us. He has us. He cares 
I, this is not in my notes, but I just have to say this. I have to tell you guys this. And I'm almost done. Worship team, you guys can come up. Um, Steve and I were sitting. Uh, we had had to go to the doctor a couple extra times. And we were sitting. I was sitting in this waiting room in the hospital, and nobody was around. Nobody was anywhere to be seen. I felt like, like where did everybody? Was there like a bomb threat, and I didn't hear about it? You know, I mean, literally, it was so quiet. And I'm sitting there. And again, darn that phone, I'm scrolling. Only this time I'm reading the medical stuff. Big mistake, we should not read the medical stuff. But I'm reading, and as I'm reading, I'm just getting really anxious, and I'm getting really nervous, and I'm, and I'm just starting to like freak out a little bit. And I feel the tears, they're like right there, and I'm trying to hold them back. And all of a sudden, down the hallway, again, I, there's nobody in the building anywhere, down the hallway, comes my youth pastors, my youth pastors, out of all the people in the world it could have been. And Bill Smith looks at his wife, Brenda, and says, oh, well, now we know why we're here. And they sit down next to me, and they hug me, and they let me cry, and then they have to go to their appointment. And I was like, God, what was that all about? And he said, I'm reminding you that when you met Bill and Brenda in seventh grade, you were feeling fearful and disoriented. You didn't know up from down. You were a brand new kid to a new school. Stuff at home was rough. And I brought you these two people to love you and see you and meet you in that place. And I'm reminding you of my goodness. And I was like, oh yeah, God is good. And I wiped those tears. And, and we went on, recounting, acknowledging him, remembering that he is good. Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge to us. He is a refuge. He is a safe place for us to pour. That's the place we talk. That's the place we can pour it out. That's the place we can tell him all of the things that we are carrying that are too big for us. They weigh too much for us. We can't see a way out. Pour it out to him. Tim talked last week about meditating on scripture. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, a lot of us in this room have done that. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us in this room has, have accepted Jesus as Lord. What does that mean? We've said, God, you offer your love. I receive it. God, I receive your love. And not only do I receive your love, I bow my knee. I recognize, God, that I, in my own strength, cannot do this. I can't. But I am your child, and you are my loving Heavenly Father. And not only that, but I trust you to be my Lord. And I will listen for your voice, and I will do my best to obey your ways, understanding that your ways ultimately are way better than mine. A lot of us in this room have done that, but there's more. It says, let your roots grow down deep into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow uh, with thankfulness. And I felt like as I was even writing this talk, I felt like there was a word for someone this morning, and the word was continue. Not just do we one time receive the love of God and make him Lord of our life, 
but that continuing, continue, continue, don't give up, continue, continue to seek him, continue to send down that little root and absorb his goodness, his word, his community, his fellowship, those things that as Jesus followers that we need to do to keep our roots strong. And this is the last one, and we're going to close. 2 Corinthians 13.11 says, Finally, can I get an amen? Finally, believers rejoice. And as I was thinking about this, an old song, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the words, and you can give me a, one of these if you remember. I'm not going to sing it. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Anyone? Eternal hallelujah, like four. Uh, eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ, the King, the source. He is our source. We are called to rejoice in him. And that rejoicing in him will also, he will bless us. It's a weird cycle. We rejoice in him and he blesses us with an empowerment in our spiritual root that continues to feed us what we need to live out our purpose. Finally, believers rejoice. Be made complete which means be what you should be, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. And, and this verse ends with this, and the God of love and peace will be with you. It's just a word of encouragement to you all this morning, to me, uh, to my soul as well. Um, that we reach for the right thing. We reach for the truth source. He is unseen, but he is good, he is faithful, he is kind, and he cares about everyone in this room. He cares. He cares about that hurt. He cares about that pain. He cares about those pressures and those stresses. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. Get alone with him. Close the door. Pour it out. Don't quit. Don't quit. That is the word this morning. It's a temptation when we're tired and we're weary and life is hard. But you were created to bear fruit. You were created to grow beautiful things. But the source of that is the first step. We can't get the cart before the horse. Amen? Amen. All right, the worship team is going to lead us in a bit of a prayer this morning.